WV Uncommonplace. This podcast is a variety podcast that houses numerous series to cover mental health, empowerment, podcast framework, and various intimate theories to get to know the hosts. Along with occasional movies, reviews, and dives in pop culture with our event podcast episodes. The Uncommonplace digs into bringing guests on that stories don't fit the mold and are very different. WV stands for the great state of West Virginia and every quarter we cover something in West Virginia. Stacy and myself JR are your hosts so please come along for this venture to Uncommon Place. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today's episode is probably one of the most controversial episodes I'll ever do. This episode is entitled Racism. Now, racism is something that a lot of people ask me about because I'm light-complected, African-American, and they, depending on who asks me about racism, you don't get the same answer out of me. Um, so, we'll start at the very beginning. I'm from Lynchburg, Virginia, and where I'm from, there was racism but racism was very closeted. You could hear, and, and I'm not saying like, when I talk about racism, racism, I ain't talking about somebody saying the word nigger. Because people said that out of ignorance growing up just because of where I'm from. But racism I'm talking about right now is like, what happened to me? Now, mind you, my mom and dad, um, racism comes in certain types of uh, factors and stuff. So to tell a little bit about us, we were we we started out in a trailer park and my mom and dad worked hard and moved into the middle class. He became a real estate agent, blah blah blah. So we were followed around by a lot of education and a lot of proudness in our community because we were middle class. Like everyone across the board in my family was middle class. Um as we got into the eighties, like by the time I was eighty eight, eighty nine, we were middle class. So the racism that presented itself to us wasn't necessarily always from white people or other ethnicities. It was actually inside our own race. Um, started out for me, my first incident with racism was another kid that was African-American. We were younger and um, he called me a moon cricket. And I didn't know what that meant then. I just thought it was a joke. So I just went on with it throughout life. And then as I got older and I found out what a moon cricket was, I was like, wow, the first person to be racist to me wasn't even a white person. It was someone that was black. Wow. Now, as I got older, elementary school and middle school, racism wasn't a thing like I'm going to say that, oh, I'm a black person and I'm being discriminated on. No, 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 no. The racism that I saw was in the the class systems of middle class, lower, and upper, and then the really rich people. Um, for instance, for me, because I was from middle class and we dressed uh, fairly decent, <clears throat> I was invited to a lot of things that <clears throat> other black kids weren't invited to. I was always able to go do things, not necessarily with the elite or anything like that, but I always had an opportunity to go places that the other kids, which would be, you know, the other kids that I went to school with, like the African-Americans, like they didn't always get get invited to the plush parties and this and that. 
across these areas. So as an adult now, I kind of see where that racism came in. Like it was always the racism that came in for me was, was let him be the token black person for our event. So some may deem that as not being racist, but yeah, it was really racist to me because I was isolated and made to feel comfortable being with this set group of people, which I didn't have. I have no problem with black or white people, so I'm not saying it like that. So that was the second instances of racism. And then the third part of racism that came along when I was a younger person, uh, it was actually the inclusion of actually being involved in things. See, so I know like that sounds kind of counter counter to what I just said a minute ago, but it really is like, it's really some crazy stuff. I would write essays and I would do certain things so that I could get a few steps ahead and uh, feel better about myself, which all that stuff was fine. But I noticed that when I would try to excel in my own community uh, of black people, they did not like me to excel. They didn't want me to be reaffirmed in my education, which I, 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 even to this day, it still baffles me, but you see it in, in the different areas. So get to middle school in middle school. I start seeing blatant racism. I, I see the, the, the white people that don't want to have black people around and they make it known. I see that, but I was, and once again, falling back on my education, I was always educated enough to know that that level of ignorance that maybe I just don't need to deal with those people. So throughout middle school, I went along and I made sure that I aligned myself with the right people that were going to help me with my education. And and that's where the next bit of racism came in from the African-American community because I wasn't, you know, I grew up in suburbia, so... Being in suburbia, over the hill from where I lived, there was a trailer park. And the trailer park has always been a diversity of people that have money and people that are in between money. Because a lot of people rent trailers and they stay for a few months and then they leave. Or something happens. It's it's always a temporary situation in these trailer parks. I never knew anybody that lived in the trailer park their whole life. So, at this point, you know, I live in the suburbs. You know, normal little... Everybody's got an acre or two, a yard, whatever, whatever. So I'm growing up with with all the different kinds of people because my street had black and white people in it. And um, I started doing things that were too white in the opinions of the black people that were around. They said that I was too white. I wasn't urban enough. And that's something that would follow me throughout the rest of my life that I could never make the cut because I wasn't urban enough. I didn't. I didn't have a, a, a definitive struggle. Well, getting into the teen years, and I noticed uh, where I grew up, you know, we have, it's a big area, Lynchburg, Virginia, and stuff, Bedford and Roanoke and all that stuff. So you meet so many different people. And I just got to the point where, like, I seen the blatant racism and people categorize it with the rednecks and sometimes it was rednecks and sometimes it wasn't even rednecks. Sometimes it was just some educated white people that just didn't like black people. And it was black people being racist too. So I grew up around this, this bubble of racism that it was either really intense 
or we just act like it didn't exist or didn't exist. So up until towards the end of high school, that's when race relations weren't as intense going into like my senior year because everybody mingled with everybody and we accepted everybody to a certain degree. But one thing inside of racism that I learned from 15 to 18, it was certain types of events that we kept inside the black community and certain type of events that white people kept inside their community. And then if we did interracial events, and this is in the 2000s, everybody was all cool and stuff. But even back then in 1999, 2000, 2001, it was still frowned upon for racists to be dating each other where I'm from. Nobody had a hardship to it, but they weren't necessarily all in agreement to it. So, with that high school uh, stuff, heading on into my 20s and stuff, racism, like for me, like when we're talking about like going to work, going anywhere, it kind of fizzled out of the equation because everybody was so worried about working, going to college, getting an education or furthering themselves or you had your party goers like they just would do whatever they had to with the party goers so sorry for the long pause I had to recollect my thoughts so racism in my 20s you know I had a kid by now and all this stuff and he's a mixed kid I noticed my kid was getting treated way better in West Virginia than most places like people think of West Virginia as a really racist place and I will say this Hart's Creek West Virginia they are racist there um Hurley Virginia they're racist there um and racism that I've seen is not what is depicted on TV racism is when someone in my opinion, like out here in West Virginia, and I've seen it, people act natural when you come around. But if someone is overtly nice, and I said overtly, O-V-E-R-T-L-Y, overtly nice, and keep coming up with these uh, comments of, oh, I got black friends for this, and my black friend, hey, I'm friends with this black guy right here. I played basketball with Rory Sparrow, you know, in, in Norfolk, West Virginia. So... Um, I started seeing the different side of racism. Like it wasn't this, we're going to holler nigger and all this extra stuff. Nah, it was how nice and how like it was being way too nice. It, it, that was a form of racism and I didn't even notice it until I was older. And I noticed like all these people and then people that just act natural. And when I'm saying natural, they don't have any apprehension with you being around. Like, I know someone's racist, myself personally, when I go around them and they're watching me continuously moving, doing things. Um, I even picked up this example, like when you're in a restaurant, for instance, like I was in a Hardee's one time and it was just me in there. And these people weren't cleaning that place, but they started, everybody in the, the restaurant, they were all white. They started cleaning, like around the areas where I was eating at, like instead of cleaning the whole place they cleaned the right in that section and made sure that they were still cleaning until i was done eating and i was like hmm am i going to be sensitive and act like this is uh what it is or am i going to just not act like it so 
I left out because I didn't spend my money, got my food. I was done. Um, and that right there was in my mid twenties. Now, ever since then, I aligned myself with the people that make sense to me. That's one thing that I didn't do when I was younger. I didn't make sense of things by not, I aligned with people that I wasn't supposed to be with. I always were in groups that I wasn't supposed to be in. And saying that sounds kind of crazy because some people are like, oh, you can go wherever you please. But no, 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 no. It does not work like that at all. Um, the more and more I stayed in West Virginia, the more and more I did for my African-American people, the more that I did white stuff, as they said, the lesser my authenticity to black people stayed. Now, other people consider me, uh, you know, just a normal person. And those are the type of people that I involve with. I try in my lifetime not to involve too many race matters because... In my section of the world and what I do in life, racism is not really an issue because I don't make a big issue out of things. Like, I I don't, I mean, I've, I've had racist things happen. Like, I was in a restaurant and um, someone said, I'm going to be dark like him one day. And uh, that was just a young kid. So, obviously, it hurt something at home. So, I knew about that type of racism. So, I didn't, uh, I don't get that mad over that. The racism I get mad over now is this inclusion racism. Like, why include me in an event just because I'm black? Like, include me because of the merits that I have, uh, the work that I've done, um, or the, the, just basically the body of my catalog. That's the only racism that I deal with now, is this uh, this inclusion racism. Like, uh, people get really butthurt and get upset when people are like, oh, um, this isn't racist or that isn't racist. All kinds of shit's racist. Like, I will never stray away from things are racist on both sides of black or white. But to dig deeper into this, to, to go on to the, to, to the other side of racism that has bothered me as an adult is, uh, people using racism as a way to define a struggle. I can understand certain adversities in the 60s, 70s, 50s, 40s, and all these other places that kept, uh, racist and, you know, put them in certain places. But in my lifetime, from 1985 up until today, I've been able to, if I put my mind to it, achieve the education I need to get me to the position that I need to. Did I have financial struggles? Yes. I had to learn how to make money, blah, blah, blah. Everybody goes through some type of uh, whirlwind circumstance that builds up that type of character. So I get that. But I cannot blatantly say that some white man, some black man, some white female, some black female held me down from a position or kept me out of a job because nobody in any race has ever done it. The only time that I've kept myself out of a job is when I ran my mouth or when I truly wasn't qualified for something and I was just trying to shoot the breeze. But going further and further into this whole racism thing, the one question I always get asked is, is West Virginia the most racist place I've been? And I'm going to answer that clearly today. No. The most racist places I've been in my life have to be Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. Um, that down south hate is a different type of racism. I can't even speak on because I don't deal with it that often. And also, that, that takes to, the, to another state like where I'm from... 
where I live in West Virginia and I'm coming from a non-aggressive mode and means, I don't like one thing that, that happens in frustration that happens inside this thing and people attribute it to what racism is, this racial aggression that people try to push when they're pushing a racial point. If people wouldn't be so racially aggressive about things, sometimes things could plateau. And I understand that we sit there and we have things that are stereotyped to us because I'm stereotypical too. Like some things like uh, white people putting raisins in their potato salad. Um, they made a joke of it on Saturday Night Live with uh, with uh, the Black Panther. So something like that, yeah, I can understand. Like we're all at fault for stuff like that because there's certain things that are stereotypical. Like people say we eat watermelon and eat fried chicken and stuff like that. Well, them type of stereotypes, that's, that's racism too. But um, what I'm trying to deal, deal with and make my point about what this whole podcast was, was that we deal with racism in different fa- fashions, but we all deal with it somewhere. Even if we uh, look away from it, even if we try to be politically correct and say, um, well, there is no racism. No, there's still racism. And I haven't even dug, I mean, dug deep into police relations and different stuff like that. That's not my forte with what I'm talking about with racism. I, I'm, my point for doing this whole thing about racism was to let you know kind of like where I come from because coming from being African-American, middle-class, and light-skinned, um, my, my society, black people consider me white by them standards. Like, they don't even... Like, if you've never seen a picture of what I look like and you just hear the way I talk, they automatically assume I'm white. So, that's... That's my main reason for stressing for doing this episode is because, like, it's not alright to be racist. I will never say that. It's not alright to be stereotypical. But it does exist, and acting like it doesn't exist is one of those things that, like, hurts you more than not saying it's happening. And uh, to anybody that listens to this, I hope you got a little bit of something from this. You learned a little bit more about me. Um, And if you've never experienced the culture of being black, white, or whatever in America, um, ask people about it. Because it is literally night and day when it comes to certain situations. And then other situations, we're all 100% alike. And this has been a, a great conversation. I'm JR from West Virginia Uncommonplace. And the crazy thing about this episode is this episode... Just for an experiment, I've recorded this all on my Apple Watch, so we'll hear what it sounds like later. Please follow WV Uncommonplace on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok where we have some great content, Facebook, LinkedIn. Hit up the merch store at onecommonplace.square.site. Join the email list from the website, and rate, subscribe, and give feedback from your favorite podcatcher. And lastly, thanks for listening and tune into the next episode.